I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. Out of darkness, light are pumping, 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 pumping. Into white light, all things running, running, running. And we're back. We're here with our main man, Oria, and middle of the marathon session of Waking with Oria. I've always wanted to do that. Has, doesn't everyone want to get to say, and we're back? <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering, it is as fun as you had hoped. Um, I want to ask so you... It, so it's been about like, what, two hours or so? Two hours and 15 minutes. How's it going for you? Feels like 10 minutes. Okay. It's and going great for me. I'm enjoying listening to you speak. When I walked in, yeah. was, I could feel that you were a little... Not nervous, let's not. You're an Aries, you never get nervous. Apprehensive, about f- four hours. You were a little, you were a little g- kind of going, like you were wondering how we're going to fill in the time. Come with me to my next uh, big pilot audition and tell me, remind me that I don't get nervous. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> and, and Apprehensive is so, so much sexier, I guess it's easier to live with. Yeah, and, and, um, and I just want to say that I had sure. the same apprehension. So Kay. what I did is I included you. And I figured I'm just... Oh, and originally when you knew you wanted to do this? Yeah, just going, okay, I have to do four hours. What's the best way of, of, of guaranteeing that my four hours... That I will not be my own worst enemy in yeah. those four hours. Right. Is get somebody else involved. Right. And that's what the beauty of community building is and co-creating and doing things together because this time now is shared. And then in order to... Sharing. In order to, for fun. you too, to not feel like oh my God, now I got to come up with four hours of stuff. Mm. We get the whole community involved. And at the end of the day, it's just me and you right now. So it's, it's, it's about, again, it's, a, it's creating structure or using structure, sh- using other people in order for our shine to flow. Yeah, utilizing other people. I, you know, it's funny, in, in the last um, day and a half has been interesting, compi- getting feedback and questions and input mm-hmm. and uh, requests from the community and compiling it into... Uh, the pages of notes and questions I have, which, you know, keep <laughs> keep looking at me, but I'm not looking at them very okay. much yet. And, uh, and in the midst of it, I had to laugh. I started to get a little tense, you know, um, for a few reasons. But I, and I thought, well, what the heck? We, one of the things we've been working on, both of us with our work, me with my acting work, you with your, the, you're working with people and speaking on this show, your show is not preparing, mm. trusting that you, when you just show up, and be and trust and breathe and flow. And so, you know, yesterday afternoon I said, ah, oh, bullshit, you know, I'm not preparing. Look at me. You know, I got stuff all over the... And then look, here we are. And that which I prepared is really like, it's, right. it's a nice um, child. It's a nice baby seat hmm. if I need it. But the truth is, it does come back to um, not preparing. Unprepared and ready to go. Unprepared and ready to go. I want to ask you about patience. Okay. I want to ask you about... Um, um, being part of of um, this community, and I'm sure many others uh, are very much have similar tendencies to to ours. Um, I know uh, myself. I am. I feel very lucky. I have all these new friends, and it, the quality of these relationships is so tender um, because it's so personal. Because we come if with a willingness to let our guard down. And that alone is really having our guard down. And we become aware of each other's uh, edges and each other's soft spots and each, and each other's um, patterns. 
And that is, regardless of whether we share them by talking about them or you just spend enough time with people, you get a sense. And we're all um, really kind of going through this together. Right. I, patience for me personally is a, is something I've been told to work on since I, I can literally remember being three and four years old and my pappy, you know, giving me a loving sigh and patience, my boy, patience, you know. Um, and it still is a, a challenge. So for me, if I'm hanging out with, uh, with, with somebody and, and, I, and, you know, my sensitivities have grown. We talk about empath uh, skills and you can kind of sometimes really physically feel what somebody else is going through. Or when their self-talk, which is actually out loud, when they're speaking and you're hearing them saying the same, kind of coming from the same negative place. And you know that last weekend we, we kind of went over this and you yearn for improvement. And I'm acknowledging that some of that yearning is selfish mm. because it, there's impatience with Frank, you know what? It's probably visceral. Some of it is you want to be able to hang out with them and feel more peaceful in their presence because you want them to be more peaceful. So let me just take that and say there's self, there's certainly selfishness in it. There's also some self. There's also some lovingness in it where you know it's that that they're fi- that they're five minutes aheadness. Maybe maybe that's where you're going to take this. But what I want to say to you is, you are the, by far the most patient Aries I know my older brothers and Aries I got a, a bunch of them as do you and we've touched on this walking around talking but I would love you've you've told me you've cultivated it as as a practice you've worked on it in, with yourself patience true what would patience having patience why do you want patience why does it feel like such a uh, coveted Trait? You know, for the moment, Practice. right now, talking about it, mm-hmm. um, I'm brought to the phys- my nervous system. Okay. You, t- you mentioned nervousness before. I'm, I believe it has to do with peace, peace of mi- desiring peace of mind, physical, visceral peace in the moment, a calm with what is. Talk, talking about being sensitive to, to other people's energies, a lot of times that feels to me like uh, I'm shaking my hand there. There's a vibration that is uncomfortable to hold, and I want relief from it. Specifically while you are with other people or just in general while waiting for Both. the... Both. Com- it, it, it can be with somebody else. It can be an impatience brought on m- by myself. So, it's a great question. Thank you. And as an Aries... Can you, can you answer it quickly, please? No. No way. You got to be patient. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Sam. You got to get laughing. Quickly, so what do you want? What do you want? Uh, that's that's a, a quick. Did you, he didn't get it. I'll, I'll Sam, it he didn't get it. I Sam is it. laughing. That was a, jo- <laughs> a my first patience joke of 2015. Well. And the master over here missed it. So what do you want it quick? We can do it. <laughs> We're done. What's I've had next? patience with your wardrobe. I mean, <laughs> look at this pullover. I wish you guys could see the pullover today. Oh, or, yeah. he gets, or he gets dressed for these occasions he, true. he not like a tuxedo dressed up but he dresses to inspire himself with like fun colors and fabric so it feels good just a little okay like a, it's, like it's a like spiritual hole again it's the inner that's right it's your your inner yin <laughs> inner yin all right cool patience well, i'm gonna sit back compliments is good compliments are good for an that's why you claim um, uh, that i get to be your friend because i, I compliment i make you feel good about yourself I, I, our first interaction you really you flattered me so you know 
If if anybody's jealous of our friendship, they know the way in. You know, you know the way in. <laughs> I told the truth that day. We'll tell that story sometime. I told the just, truth. It happened to be flattering, but I told the truth. Actually, flattery, you know, flattery when it it feels genuine and it and you know it rarely does because so many times when we compliment someone else, it's again it's the need to be seen. It's that place where, look, I'm looking at you, so please look at me, and we can sense that. We can. The difference. Yeah. Yeah. We can tell. Well, there's two things here. It's funny. I find it interesting that the thing that I shared with you, the opinion, the, the flattering, the, the opinion I had, happens to relate directly to what's going on right this second, doesn't it? Right. And that was like what, six years ago. Well, yeah. Which was that, what did I say? I don't know. Something about, you know, that I'm a poet of sorts. And I talked about, I talked about the way that you speak, the way the resonance of how it sounds, and also the, the you know, the... the I don't think I. I think I was a little careful with using the word like, but but yeah, ah, that that's is, what I there's heard. a poetic. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the way we hear things. No, right. Th- that was the spirit behind it. That there was a kind of a poetic uh, way to the to the word flow. Right. And, and p- part of it too was uh, it was a in that large group of people there weren't a lot of kind of bros, and mm. I saw a bro. Right. When you spoke, I go, oh, he's a bro. And okay. I'm gonna say, what's up, bro? That's cool. And look. The whole voice and speaking will will happen. What happened? Look where we are. All right, good. So patience, patience, bro, (laughs) and all that good stuff. And, you know, back to me being eight and listening and knowing that I have a gift to share. And that gift is using my words, using my expression, no matter what language it is, really, because those dreams were in Hebrew and now I am in English. I'm going to Israel with a son who doesn't speak Hebrew, and yet I'm hoping that that trip will be enough of a motivation for me and for him to start talking Hebrew together. So all these different ways which reality is showing me that there's always more than one perspective, and there's so many ways to experience the world. And patience is really the biggest pleasure Patience, the essence of patience is acknowledging that the happiest you could ever be is when you are happy just because. It's when you are content. We don't have to be in a blissful space just because. Patience is a mask for spiritual meaning of the now. Patience sounds like it's a virtue, but it's really not a virtue. It's a state of being. State of being. It really is. So, did I cultivate patience? I'm. I feel like I was forced into it. Okay. I really do. Okay. Uh, as an Aries myself, the first sign in the zodiac, you know, we don't really know what else is 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 there. So we we really don't have patience because we don't have any experience we're brand, with it. We're brand new. We're the yeah. infant. We 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 are yeah. We're pushing through. We are exploring new possibilities. Mm. So cultivating patience is really more about just cultivating reverence for the now. As opposed to resisting and fighting and... It it seems a little silly. It seems a little silly, which I have done as well. And I still do, I'm sure, a lot of times. But it seems silly to want something, to have desire for it, to have vision, and to have imagination for something that's in the future, for something that's beyond yourself, for something that's bigger. And yet feeling like you know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Hmm. 
You're so, missing on the mystery. It's you know I'm trying to take it out of kindergarten mode and yeah. Good. it's not so much about the missing. It's just a true fact that patience is really sanctifying now. It's making the now sacred. It's knowing that the vision will unfold the same way you wake up tomorrow morning. You don't know what wakes you up, and you don't know what happens every night when you check back into the magical, mystical realm of death. Right. Because let's be honest, going to sleep and dying is just about the same thing. Maybe not scientifically, according to the way we see things, but there is a way of letting go. I'm plugging. Which is, and so what happens then? Patience. Patience is plugging into that magic while being alive, while being awake. Mm. Okay, Patience is the true definition of being awake. It's experiencing life moment by moment. It's having choice to express yourself. It's having choice to listen. It's knowing that while there are two billion bits of data and information that's passing through your nervous system, Awareness of it, the radical amazement, as Heschel calls it, the power of now, <laughs> the feeling of God, which is in the presence of time itself, looking for it, praying for it, being in it. It's the, it's the most rewarding, most fulfilling, most magical place that is available to us. And those definitions and meanings and interpretations can vary moment by moment. But the experience of stillness, the experience of that clarity, that magic of life, is not only in the heart. It's this wacky, magical alignment of the mind and the heart. And that's why last segment I finished with, the heart is just the beginning. Mm. The heart allows you peace of mind. Mm. It allows you peace from interpreting and just straight experiencing. If I'm in line to pay for my coffee and I'm getting impatient, it's an opportunity to navigate back into my heart. Be right here. There's every, nowhere to go. Every time I take the subway, it's an opportunity to just know that the subway will arrive whenever the subway arrives. And it would behoove me to just take a minute and experience what is going on. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see. All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks The language of no words is how we speak See, I want to, I want to think. So, you, it's part of what's so fun about you, man. You're just—it's uh, the unexpected. I was fully prepared to be. But by the way, your hair is—you guys, oh, I wish you could see them. The, the headphones are—you look terrific with the hair up. You got spikes. Now I'm going to take a picture for the for the people out there. I was fully expecting you 
to talk to me about patience. Well, Peter, you're you have fear in the moment. You you're uncomfortable in your body. You're in your head. You're lacking. And instead, you painted this diorama, created this diorama, this 3D photo. You 3D printed us this um, land, this beautiful enchanted land of patience and the joy of it. Of course, when you said in the power of now, I thought, yeah, I was too impatient to finish that book the first time. <laughs> I didn't even read it. <laughs> the second, I recommend everyone a quick sidebar on Eckhart's uh, behalf. Read A New Earth first and then read Power of Now, even though they're written in the opposite order. Trust me. PLC that NYC. PLC that NYC. Um, Public Morals, June 2015, TNT. Okay. Episodes 2, 3, 4, 5, and 10. Aurea.com. Aurea.com. Aureality.com. <laughs> and 17 other websites. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so, th- so thank you for that. That's cool, man. That's cool. Patience as a goal instead of a, a burden that we got to, you know, oh, I'm so impatient. It's great. And, and, I, and I guess I like talking about it because there's a way that I'm internally satisfied, impressed, happy with myself of the person that I am becoming because my entire life, I mean, until I was 30, I experienced such terror and such, like, everything was like a nightmare, day in, day out. And it was truthfully because of lack of patience. Because there is nothing about my past experience, there's nothing about my life that's not very, very, very important to who I am right now. Everything that I've experienced has been very, I don't know. What the instrumental, word is. instrumental is the word. It's true of everybody. And yet, in the moment, I mean, I experienced agony and terror. And if I would have known, not that I could, and just experienced, you know, worked my nine to five for, I worked for the Kabbalah Center for six years. It was my first and only nine to five that I felt just like everyone else. I would look at the clock. I felt unvalued, you know, unvalued. I felt not good enough. I felt like I just want the day to end. Were thank you bored? God thank you, were you God bored? I'm just saying, like, yeah. ev- thank God it's Friday. Uh-huh. Thank God it's the weekend. I needed to spend six years, which was maybe close to seven, really living it. That suffering modality? Yeah. You had to, okay. I had to really live it. And now, looking at it, it was the best six years of my life when it comes to experiences. I walked in a boy, I left a man for many reasons. It was, it was the best six years because you got where you are now. If you're right. still in it, it wouldn't have been right. the best six years. So, but the experience of it was lack of patience. My terror, if I knew that, no, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do, and it's all preparing me. And all of, and that's what I'm telling you, the listener, the viewer, the whatever, the tuner inner. It's so true. All of the experiences that piss you off, all of the relationships that push you, all of the challenges that you have, they really, truly are these cosmic unfoldings that you have agreed to one way or another in order to help you stand up for yourself in order to really bring you the experience where you're reminded physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and every other way in between that you matter and you're good enough to just be. 
and your own wonder, your own sense of openness and honesty with yourself that is open to the mystery, open to the unknown, open to your own creative endeavors of engagement, as little or as a lot as you want them to be. They matter as much as I do and the kings and the queens and the Jesus and the gods and the... We are all gods manifested moment by moment in time. And the sense of patience that I now have, which I'm enjoying talking about, because I did not experience that at all my whole life. And whatever level I experience right now, it's usually projected upon that it's more than I do. Because I pay attention and I have my own practice of being what is. That is my personal practice. It's a practice where I literally go to a place. Uh, it can be in the back of a garden. It can be the steam room. It can be around the block. It can be a synagogue. Uh, I've done that at the Kabbalah Center where I just sit there for a period of time, sometimes five minutes, sometimes two hours, usually averaging about half hour. And my practice is to not do anything. It doesn't mean I'm not moving. It doesn't mean I'm not stretching. It doesn't mean that my eyes are open or my eyes are closed. It means all of it. But I'm not doing anything. Um, Even if I'm stretching, it's more from a natural place. I'm not trying to stretch. Mm -hmm. If my eyes are open, it's because I'm uncomfortable with my eyes closed. And the natural thing is for me to open it. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I'm comfortable, my eyes just drift away and they get closed again. And that practice of being what is, every day, a lot of the time, for the past five years or so, has completely transformed my life. Now, people know that for meditation, because you know how much stuff comes up when you meditate, and you get to see your patterns, and you get to see how impatient you are. If you think that I'm sitting there for half an hour every day in my being what is practice, and experience bliss, you're out of your mind. I mean, I'm, imb- I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to be honest. I'm just not. I'm not going to be as honest as I can be, tell you about how terrorizing that time with myself is. It's a lot more terrorizing than I'm willing to admit. I mean, if I didn't have the practice by now to just not... When I say not move, it's not not move physically, but not go and write something down or not go and call somebody or figure it out. To just sit there and have the safe container to know that for the next 28 minutes, that's my latest thing on my phone, 28 minutes, I have a timer, and I just wait for the chimes to go, and until those chimes go, I do not move. I have the freedom to not do anything. I have the freedom to have the best ideas in the world and not write them down. Try that. I have the freedom to feel terror and know that this too shall pass. uh, This is my practice. And of course, I have my five minutes of bliss and 30 seconds of awe and wonder and sometimes even 20 minutes of sheer magic. But I'm telling you right now that the terror and the, uh, the, the, the stuff that comes up, just me watching and observing my mind for half an hour, is so radical and so life-changing that anybody that's listening to it right now and anybody that wants to work with me or anyone else or do any kind of spiritual development work, I'm telling you right now, go spend half an hour with yourself every day. Create your own Shabbos. Create your own Shabbat. Create your own holy time just with you and you just to watch yourself, just to observe who you are and what you do when you're just being 
being what is, it will change your life, guaranteed. And the work that we do together, mm-hmm. whatever methodologies and resources I use or don't use in a moment in order to do what? To literally provide a space that you're just being. Because all of the magic and all of the guidance and miracles and seeing comes when you are not talking and are not being busy and are not writing things down. And if it's 2015, and I don't know what the Hebrew year is now, but if it's taken us thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years of repetitive synagogue, Torah reading practices and meditations and tyranny and three world wars, because we are in the third world war, us against nature, just to pay attention, just to start a practice of being with ourselves, just being what is, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, then God, God herself had the patience to create men and her image just so we finally start to cultivate some of that beingness with ourselves to see what we will create as a society, as a humanity that is sanctifying time, that is having reverence, cultivating reverence for the unfolding moment by moment. And the compassion and the heart and the magic and the dance all comes from that. Sitting and having this time with yourself, I remember you talking about when you started this practice, at least in the modern in, in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, which I think was a big part of your bridge from that impatient corporate life to where you are now, correct? Yes. And one of the big things I remember you've told me a few times is one of the learning to listen to your own self-talk hearing how you talk to yourself and about yourself in your own mind. Yes? Maybe pick yeah. that up. Yeah. And the importance of that, why? What did you learn? I learned Give that the, teaser. the real, the real, when I, when I say real, the, pre, the predominant, prominent, the main, you know, like on your phone, if you look, you see what's taking, what's taking mm-hmm. CPU utilization, yeah. you can see that there are certain programs that are yeah. heavy, and when you close them down, it works. the phone works a little faster. Right. Everybody knows that by now. I saw that the program that was running the most resources in my consciousness, in my experience, was anxiety of me judging myself. It's the anxiety of me preparing and explaining myself to myself and to other people. And if that doesn't ring true in you, then you wouldn't be listening. But, but I really want to just, it's a real problem. That's why the Kabbalah Center has the war room and religions. They have meditations and prayers just to get you to stop thinking about yourself and whatever perfection or work or whatever it is that happens when we keep improving, we keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying to improve upon ourselves. That's what I learned when I paid attention. But that's what I still learn when I pay attention. That so much of my mind is constantly thinking that it has to do something. It has to write something down. It has to share something specifically. Otherwise, my worth is not real and not good enough. And we don't know where to begin. Don't know how to fit in. In between the lines Fighting this world from inside Can't go back
being what is. That is our conversation this hour. And it's hitting you somewhere, which I like. This is why I'm happy about this co-creation. Because you... It's like patience is something that you're looking for. Patience is something that you're after. And I think, and I can feel that something within you is already switching in this conversation. And that is ultimately the, you know, the gift of an artist, of anyone that's believing deeply that your presence is the value. So me being present here with you is valuable to you. And at the same time, I know it's valuable to anyone tuning in, reminding everyone that their value is their presence. And how do you know that? It's when you value your own presence first, when you acknowledge your presence as magic, when you enjoy. I like being by myself. I really do. I always have. It used to come out of a need. It used to come out of necessity. Those same walks and time by the beach that got me into this work also started with me going for walks and skipping school. For my, I mean, I would skip school as a child and literally just go wander the market for hours from noon every day to like 6 p.m. as a mm -hmm. 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old. <laughs> In Israel, I love it. Just spend three, I four hours it. a day by myself, lying to my teachers, mm -hmm. lying to my parents, mm -hmm. just because I hated. I didn't want to go home. It was miserable at home, and I didn't want to go back to school because I felt inadequate, not good enough, and completely bored. Everything seemed so incongruent. Mm. So what? What seemed to be like such a? I felt so helpless, and so like. Like, my life is not fair. So I had to just go and wander the streets for years, wondering what I'm going to be or who I'm going to be because I didn't feel good enough in any way, shape, or form. That has become the catalyst and the nexus for my greatest gift, which is enjoying myself. I like myself now. It was the bridge. It was the right people, the right community, the right timing for me to just acknowledge that being what is is the greatest pleasure I have. You just spoke of in this self, once we pay attention to this self-talk, and you know, you, those of us who are able to really integrate, I think this large point are saving, we'll save ourselves a lot of time. You went to the beach for, what was this, three years you were doing that? You did it for, you committed to it. Right, for, for a while, a, yeah. You're safe. You have, there's a potential here for, to that work you did. You did it on our behalf, and you can save us all some time. Maybe. And what you came to, I don't want to save you time. Was, I want to gain uh, your time. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll call it that. Okay. The anxiety of and the judgment of ex finding yourself explaining yourself when to other people. Um, almost defending yourself without having a reason to, and becoming aware of that self-talk in our head that we have to justify where we're coming from, what our intentions are, who we are. You became aware of that. So first off, we can all start to pay attention to that a little bit. Well, you and I were walking up Amsterdam last summer or the summer before, and I must use the word should about something, about wanting to make a change, and you stopped me and said, you know, 
The biggest thing for me has been paying attention to my self-talk. Right. Out loud and in the mind. So first we become aware. We start to hear and listen internally and even the way we speak, whether it's about ourselves or to another person where we find ourselves just, it's almost as though we're justifying our existence, justifying our presence. And um, Yeah. Th- okay, so first awareness, then what? Then that how do we how do we sh- what is the what what is what are some ideas around sh- making creating space and patience with ourselves to start to hear that and start to make room for a more positive use of our energy that's real? very nice i like that i, I really like how you know because you, you care about the listeners you care about the viewers you care about the world and you want to make this practical that's why you're asking this question i can feel it you're saying, hey, you've been talking about awareness, you've been talking about openness, you've been talking about listening to the conversation inside yourself, and you said, give people a little preview of what's to come next, what happens next, and then what? You even use the words positive, you say, so then you can have a more positive story. Whoa, okay. (laughs) I mean, it, it is such a great expression and an experience of what we're all going through everyone wants to know why they need to be patient and what's behind about meditation and what's behind so then a lot of people don't do meditation they don't take time off they don't take time on because they either don't know what's ahead or their judgment of what's ahead they think they can get it somewhere else so as much as I'm going to give you some next steps and preview of a life that is so magnificent and blissful where you get everything you want and where you're aware of the story that you're creating and as a matter of fact, you become your own God. You actually have a first-hand experience that you are creating your reality with your imagination and your relationship to yourself. And as much that that sounds like a good thing in theory, and maybe you even experience that under a certain uh, substance or experience, to actually become aware of it moment by moment, day in, day out, is the promise. Okay. Is the gift. What can happen then that is just like me? I'm not going to... I see my son. He likes the time to just do I tell him yesterday I asked him I said do you want to go to Romemu which is a Jewish uh, Friday night singing Mm. that Mm -hmm. we used to go to Mm -hmm. but now we don't go anymore because when I ask my son do you want to go and he's two and a half he says no I say okay even though there's a little part in me in my (laughs) heart that goes no but you know this I want to do it's our thing yeah yeah but I asked them straight out. I said, why don't you want to go? You don't like it anymore? Which is a little manipulative already. But You're curious too. Yeah, Plus yeah. you're curious how much he can express himself. Right. Yeah. And it's a little manipulative. Mm. Uh, and he said, because I want to play here. <laughs> so that space where right now he just wants to play here is the promise, is the openness to, for you to become a player back in your own unknown reality, for you to really be as excited about tomorrow as my son is at two and a half, is possible. It really, really, really is possible. Yes, 
It takes work to repattern our natural tendencies where they're not, it's not very natural ultimately to be so fearful, but it has become natural. I pay attention to it because I know that when I have time alone on its own accord, when I just listen to my brain, there is, a, there is, a, there is an automaticness that, and I know you guys will relate to it. Here is the big one. Here's okay. the biggest dirty secret We're I listening. found in my own existence. Okay. That every time I feel really, really, really good, and I'm afraid to say every time because I don't want to make that in the future, but I can tell you, statistically speaking, about my past, up to yesterday, up to this morning, mm. up to this morning's steam bath session that mm. I had, where I just had time by myself, the steam place was empty, okay. and it's just me and me on a great day before a four-hour podcast which is curated by you before a, uh, me going to Israel uh, before you know starting off a year where I feel strong and powerful about who I am and humble because I know that it's not me and yet it is me so I have time where I'm on my own and I do get these great moments of clarity and epiphany and peace as soon as that happens I disappear there's a place in me that immediately wants to write it down, wants to bottle it. I literally find myself somewhere else, and my work has been to bridge that gap because I feel really good. How many of you have gone on a journey of sorts and things feel really good, and then before you know it, you're anxious? Things feel really, really, really good, and then before you know it, you're writing it down. You're afraid it's going to go away. Mm. Now, whether I'm explaining it correctly or not, you admitting that there is a part of you that just hasn't had the practice, hasn't had the permission or the space to just feel good. You don't even know what just being means. You don't even know what feeling the, the, the being of life even is. You get glimpses of it. You get little... Hits of goodness, but the truth is 99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, every time we hit a high, every time we get to a good place, there's an immediate distraction of writing it down, bottling it, selling it, presenting it, turning it into a domain name, a sales paragraph. You want to share it with someone else. You want to... You question it. You criticize it. A fearful thought comes whatever in. Whatever it may happen. Yeah. Let that be the new... War room, but instead of calling it a war room, embrace room. Space. Yeah. Space. But only with space and only with practice and lots of compassion for yourself can you tell the truth, the ugly, nasty, disturbing truth about yourself. Is that right now in our evolution and as far as you have gotten, as much as you think, as gifted as you are, when you actually experience goodness and bliss, there is such a tendency to cut off the flow, to, as I said, write it down, bottle it. Chase it away. Look for the next one. Right. Question <sighs> it. Think about it instead of feeling it. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry. 
hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps Just saying how much fun I'm having, and how, and how how close it is it to like a an ancient memory that like this feels natural and it took three hours. I mean, I felt good two hours ago, but I really feel good now, and I really want to acknowledge how it would take an Israel trip and uh, an entire relationship with you, a Shabbat where the Torah is given to the Jews, and me running into Heschel which is only out there in the consciousness because he marched with Martin Luther King mm. and the movie Selma is out. So all these synchronicities and coincidences just for me to talk about time and the sacredness of it and to do it at a day that's important to me, at a time that's so important to me, just to take a step back and do what all of the sages and gurus and mystics have been telling us for a long time, but to do it in my own way, in my own expression, which is being what is, which is not about a prayer or not about meditation and not about anything to do specifically, but just the practice of being. Have you taken time for yourself to be today? I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to throw a very practical, specific question at you. And as you said, being with what is again, sometimes we get confronted with a new pattern of what is and we we have to, we feel like we have to make a change. So, very specific question. And I, I think this could apply to any relationship, but for the sake of context, let's think of it in terms of a, a romantic relationship because I think it'll apply most commonly there. If we're in a romantic relationship or any relationship, but a relationship where one of say the other person takes up a lot of energy and takes up a lot of space and we start to feel crowded out. How do we find balance for ourselves? Um, we don't want to, stop someone else's light from shining we don't want to hurt their feelings about feeling a little crowded out but if it's happening for long enough of a time and we start to become aware of the fact that wow i feel like i'm uh, only 20 percent of this room this person's energy is so big they're taking up so much of the space um and how can we get the focus back on oneself and, and not fixate on so much of what they're what, what they're putting out well you answered that by the last few words you just said, how do we not fixate how much space they're taking? When we take things personal, then it feels like someone is taking a lot of space from us. When we take things personal, when we feel like we have the right to be to have more space for ourselves and we have the right to be to have more of an experience where when you say somebody else is taking lots of time, I'd like you to clarify. A I didn't say time, more. energy, space. and space. And yeah. this, this is a question. I'm, I am going into my questions now. This question oh, no, comes, from, comes from somebody specific in the community, but I think it's something that all of us have come up against. We may have been on either side of this equation. Right. I, the, the sense that I'm getting from it is that the, the person who is asking the question is starting to feel smaller and diminished and over, overtaken and overwhelmed, and that the other person 
in the, isn't under, isn't seeing that. Right. And uh, so that's about taking, acknowledging your own space, taking your own space, and communicating in a mature, or no, in a maturing relationship. Yes. Which is hopefully what happens in in this world where mm-hmm. we are all maturing. Right. We have our own time. We have our own space. And not everybody matures in the same speed. Right. But we're, when we are in a relationship together right. and you feel like one person is taking a lot of space, I would, I would, I would want to visit this and ask, are you, it, w- what happens to you? Are you feeling like you are not getting enough space? Are you not getting enough nourishment? Are you the one that's being ignored? Or you just don't like the fact that they are oblivious to you. It's I, 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 I let's, I, let's go, go with that. Okay. Let's go with because I I as you I'm just get, feeling a certain version of mm-hmm. this. I think there's an extent to which it does start to feel like they're being they're they're not they are a little oblivious to the experience I'm having in their presence. Their energy, their personality is so big and outputting that they're not they're not even checking in with the fact that. Gosh, I, I'm you know I, I'm here too. Right. I'm, not, I'm not just here to support you. I, we're so meant they, to be in, they're in balance make, here. They're making the relationship about them. They're making the relationship or the experience right now all about them, and you're saying, "Hey, hmm. what about me?" And that's why I want to talk about. I want to just point out to the nuance of the sensitivity to this. How every single place in our life that's triggering us, including the one you just brought up is an opportunity for us to stand up for ourselves. Good, good. And, and, and I think what comes with this question, be, because the question wouldn't be asked if the person could just say, hey, can you calm down a little? Can you, because there's clearly a, a tenderness here that the person, the version of standing up for themselves right now doesn't sound like the person's comfortable saying, being, ab- being abrupt and direct and blunt and saying, hey, it's, you're too much. Right. Because they don't want to hurt feelings. They don't want to make the person feel wrong. Especially in a mature relationship. Yes. Maturing relationship. Sure. Where we're evolving. Be- where yeah. we're becoming more and more sensitive to each other's energy. At some point, and I do it all the time. I'm in Aries. I come home from my uh, unstructured free time, which I have for myself, where I, I sink into bliss and I sink into terror and I sink into places where epiphanies and ideas come from and I come home very, very excited. Yeah. Now I come home and Carrie just had 12 hours with Hanu mm-hmm. all by herself. Yeah. She's struggling to finish dinner and not even thinking about if he's going to eat or not going to eat. And mm-hmm. I come home super excited mm-hmm. and super happy. And sometimes I just go right into sharing about my day, right into sharing about who I am. And luckily, hopefully, I have the sensitivity, because I'm in a maturing relationship with myself, that I can see in her eyes and I can feel in their energy system Mm. that I'm pushing it. Yeah. I'm pushing it. She's interested. She loves me. But easy, easy. Not right now. Not right now. Right. So... I am the one that is cultivating the intelligence to know when or not to be all over the place because I have the tendency to. And her place is she has been doing this where the biggest shift in our relationship happened about three years ago when she told me she needs more space and I actually gave it to her. So... That's why your question is a little tricky, but 
they're knowing that they're standing up for ourselves they're going hey listen right now you're doing your own thing but i need more space i actually need it because i require that nourishment it's important to me so whether you ask for it or you just walk away you just take right and i worry about what the other person is going to feel like right. you've You've got to trust that your self-care, the importance of your self-care is is more important than whether at that very moment how it's received. You have to stand up for yourself. It's important. It, it can be negotiated later. We can handle it. Look, I... I and, and, and you're, you're, you're doing... You're helping the other person t- t- by telling... The, by sharing your truth. Right. You really are. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I'm here talking to the people who are taking space, you know? Um, Say that again. I, I, I'm more interested in talking to the people who are taking d- the d- space, <laughs> okay, and yeah. saying, "Hey, hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention." You can always tell by the other person how interested they are, by the body language, by their eyes, by what they're doing, and it it pays off to pay attention because if I come home and I drain the hell out of Carrie, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to get any nourishment and any loving and any space just by sharing some of her rest time, because. I can hold back now and just wait until she puts the kid to sleep and she has her own space. And then I'll see if it's the right time to share what I want to share. So whether she stands up for herself or not, I think it's more important to talk about those of us who are taking the space. Pay attention. And so what is the other person to do? If if you find yourself in a relationship where somebody's taking so much energy and so much time, so much space... Communicate. Tell the truth. Stop taking it so personal. Yeah. Because if if it's, you're not telling yeah. the truth, you're taking it personal. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's not about it's not about you. Believe me, it's not about you. That it's about them. That's what right. they're doing. That's the whole point. <laughs>